start from that same frame we had today. Because I got it sort of when I was in the bathroom earlier this, this today. I was just there. I was looking at my finely shaven face, and I said, consciousness as, or consciousness of, conscious of, or conscious as. So most of us, obviously, as we're traveling here, we're conscious as this, which makes us con- unconscious of consciousness. You know? So when I'm conscious as, I'm not conscious of. I'm conscious of all of this, but I'm not conscious of what's the as, in a way. Yeah. Consciousness as is sort of dilemma, because the same thing, the same consciousness just seen in a different view is, I'm conscious of this. I'm perceiving this body. And in a sense, the perception of the body indicates I, may, I must not be that. Because if you go by some of the old statements of the masters, it's whatever can be perceived, can't perceive. Such a beautiful... See, all these things, to me, are meant to save time, in a way, because this place is of time. Like the whole Course in Miracles, one of its main points is to save your time. That's all it does. Because you're going to dream yourself out of this, no matter what, but it can save you time. So the idea of... What's looking is what you're looking for is a great time saver. So, because looking for can you can spend years and years looking for constantly. Look how long it takes you to look for your keys when you think they're missing. Your whole hour, two hours, going crazy looking for your keys. So he's saying, okay, what's looking is what you're looking for. End of the story. Thank you. That's incredible. So while I'm looking for, I can realize what's looking is what I'm looking for. That would be like the call off. The search, yeah. Because what's looking is... See, if there's a sense of what's looking, it's found, in a way. It's not found, quote-unquote, but it's found, in a way, because you've recognized what's looking, which is manifesting here as what's looking for all day, is what I'm looking for. But not as the you. Not as the thing that thinks it's conscious, but the consciousness of that thing. What's conscious of this, of this thing is what I'm looking for. When I believe the consciousness that's of this thing is, at, is conscious as this thing, that's why I can't find it, what I'm looking for. Because yeah. what's looking is what I'm looking for. And to both those statements, there's one sameness to it, the looking. Yeah? So what's looking, I like to use the word seeing better, because looking to me is formulated way of being blind to what's seeing here, to tell you the truth, in my view. Yeah? Ways of looking. A lot of people are trying to offer us new ways of looking to make the unbearability of self-centeredness a little bit bearable. So if you look at it this way, if you have only positive thoughts, if you do this, you do that, then your way of looking will increase and be nicer. Yeah? But in fact, it's still a bondage because it's a way of looking. What we're talking about, what's seeing, all those ways of looking that are being adapted by what's seeing when it thinks it's a you looking for. Now, if you see that, if you see the you looking for, then you have no problem with it looking for anything. Why? Because it's not you. It's only when it's you looking for, then the opinions about what you should be looking for or what you shouldn't be looking for carry weight. It's a way of 
the constant relevance that the self is attempting to retrieve by its interpretation. It wants to be the main enchilada. It wants to be the reason why you're not happy or the reason why you are happy temporarily. It does. It wants relevance. When you see that the seeing is what's looking, then the you that's looking for loses relevance. Because now you're seeing the you that's looking for. You're not seeing as the you that's looking for. It's the same thing. People sometimes, I don't know what they say, but in my head it was, I wanted to know the truth. The truth had been made an object to me as a subject. So instead of being conscious of this, I was conscious as this. So being conscious as this, seeing all the dilemma this was having, I thought the truth would be a good solution to those dilemmas. Which, that has some weight. But what was going to attain the truth was the act of the dilemma. There's not a dilemma, it's a verb. My idea of being what was conscious, that was looking for the truth, immediately and irreparably, what's that word? Yeah, good, they're listening. Immediately and irreparably, I can't say it too well. Yeah? Put me in a relationship with the truth as I was the subject and the truth was an object that I want to go explore. I want to get to know the truth. I want to get the truth. I want to realize the truth. It's another form of saying getting. I want to realize, I want to get the truth. So as soon as the object, the body, is seen as what's conscious, it becomes the subject. And then what you are becomes a topic that may be what you not wants to try to find out or not. So what you are gets cast out of you. The truth isn't you anymore. It's something that you, as this, can know or not know. And in most cases, many people have the desire to know the truth, but they tend to have a failed journey because the mind that's desiring to know the truth at the same time entertains it, it can live without knowing the truth. What we're saying here is when it's, when it's brought to the optionless state, that's the freedom from the close and far, the disconnected, the connected. I'm centered today, I'm not centered. I'm all out there and I'm really together. I'm centered today, I'm flipped out. All of that stuff are just movements, like sleight of hand. Of selfing. It doesn't change the fact that you are consciousness, but it changes the fact to your experience here, if you're going to experience being conscious or not, if you're identified as this. So you're immediately as this, you are thrown into this realm of, I can experience the truth and I cannot experience the truth. I can get the truth and I can lose the truth. That's what happens if you watch. If there's a belief that I can attain the truth, at the same time, that head that believes it's the one that can attain it will entertain it and lose it. That truth isn't worth having. Because the having of it and the losing it is based on you. The you that you're not. Why would something so, let's say, valuable to you be put in that hands? <laughs> that you're going to be the one that decides if you are entertaining it or not. But if you realize by entertaining this message... It's a constant state of entertaining. There's, while you're doing all this seemingly, that's entertaining. The truth. Yeah? 
That's an entertainment of what's going on. But see, you're identified, maybe, hopefully not, with that object. And so as soon as this object becomes a subject, enlightenment becomes an object. Oh, I want to become enlightened, as if there's a certain thing that, you know, you get enough stripes and then you get promoted to the, to the level of enlightenment. So, yes, I'm just a sort of lieutenant in light. I want enlightenment. I want to go. So now, enlightenment becomes an object. Truth is what you are, you're only knowing from truth all the time, and unknowing from truth, it's all from truth, becomes a, an object that you, as a subject, now can proceed to go to, fall off the path, have it, lose it, understand it, not understand it. All of these possibilities only happen here, when the optionless state is not seen as the optionless state. You think that it's... And if you really look, everything is predicated on you here. The truth can be the eternal all-oneness, and yet you can live as if it's not so to you. I would say that's playing God. You're more powerful than the eternal all-oneness because you seem to be blocking yourself off from the eternal all-oneness. You'd be damn powerful to be able to do that, eh? I would say so. So the head's playing God, and it's telling you when you're close or far from God. In recovery, we say this is the how and why of it. You've got to quit playing God. Tom was sharing about a psychiatrist who studied us, recovered and unrecovered people. And he says the whole point was, is, was to stop playing God. That's the whole point of recovery. Yeah. What I'm saying is you don't have to stop playing God. There's just a realization it was never you playing God. And as soon as that is entertained, the energy that lets this thing really play God in you is removed, yeah? It doesn't have the juice to play God, so it's like talking into an empty bag. Yeah. You have an immunity to it, because you realize it's not about you. If you believe it's about you, if you believe the thoughts are yours, and, and, or they're about you, you're bound to them. Thoughts, lots of thoughts all day. Thoughts, yeah? Seeing of thoughts all day, yes. So maybe there's, let's say, the seeing is a is like a telescope or a tunnel. So you're not all wise seeing, but you're seeing thoughts yeah, all day. But right underneath the lip of the of the lens are two old ideas. I'm the thinker of these thoughts, and or they're about me, directly or indirectly. So hundreds of thoughts go by. The seeing of them. There's tons more you don't, you're not aware of, but the ones that you're aware of, there's seeing of them. But the way the seeing is interpreted is, I'm the thinker of those thoughts, or and or they're about me. That is what bonds your interest and attention to those, to that system of thoughts. It's about you. That's why we want to entertain. This is how it worked for me. I see other people moving different ways. I like going this way, where you just see, tell the truth about what's appearing, because it is appearing, seemingly here, and then I'm not that. It's not like, oh, I'm not that, now let me go towards what I am. There's just a recognition I'm not that. There's no going towards what I am. That's what I am. I'm not that. I am the absence of this. That's the presence. This is being called the presence, perceptually, the head, all day, others, 
Yes? And when you go, I'm not that, when I'm not that presence, this becomes the absence, that's the presence. It's like one teacher, I think, a long time ago, he passed away. It's like, in a sense, the negative is the real picture, not, the, not what's appearing. It's the negative of this, which is the real deal. We're like in bizarro world. We're taking, actually, the negative is the real picture. We're taking how it came out, perceptually, to be real. But it's actually the negative is the reality. It's nothing is the reality, and then all of this something appears because of nothing. Nothing is the real, is what's really going on. So, in a sense, this presence is the act of, in a way, the act of denial of that presence. It's not this or that, but that presence, yes, that's always so. So by telling the truth about this present, not the whole thing, all you got to do is the one present, which is you, when you tell the truth I'm not that, then you'll see this as empty. Yeah? It doesn't have a, a real solid existence, it's just an appearance. And you're included in that. Like this Ramana Maharshi used to put it in one way I really like. He says, all right, a lot of people have this, uh, this realization or experience. They're in an auditorium watching the movie, and they realize the movie's unreal. Yeah? This world is unreal, and this and that. And they're sitting in the theater. But there's an assumption that they're real, watching the unreality of the movie. He says, That's, the circle's bigger than this. You're never outside the circle as what's being perceived. That sense of seeing this whole place is unreal, but with you as a reality, is also, it's also in the unreality. Yeah? There is no rim where you finally become an authentic self and look at all that's not real and go, oh, I am now seeing it. All of that voicing is unreal. Anything that can be perceived, sensed, felt, and stuff is inherently unreal. Yeah? That's, the, that's the presence that's truly absent. When that's recognized, that's the sense of presence. Yeah? When you get the sense, it's like, if I wrote a book, the book would be called Life Without Paul. Yeah? I would tell my whole life without Paul in it. Because that's exactly what it is. Life without Paul. My head wants it to seem like life with Paul. Yeah? But real life is without Paul. Yeah? So life without Paul, I see life as it's just happening. When with Paul, it's happening to me. That's a totally different way of traveling. They're both based or predicated on one seeming fact. It's happening. But it's a totally different take if you see it as life's happening or life's happening to me. Totally different. Totally, totally. When you see life is happening, you can flow with it a lot easier. As soon as it's happening to you, you have the opinion, why should this happen to me? <laughs> why isn't it happening to you? What's who's out to get me? I must have done something wrong. It always gets back to you as the reason why the shit's hitting the fan. Even if you go, it's you, it still has to do with you. That's called relevance. Yeah? The selfing wants relevance. It wants to be written into the story. Even now with non-duality, people want to be a non-self as a self. <laughs> they want to have a new self a new improved self that's a non-self. It's constantly relevant still. I'm still getting written in there. I have something to do with it. So you actually believe this presence is based on you entertaining it. (laughs) 
is maybe a preliminary point if you're in that realm of thinking you're a long-lasting independent separate entity, but it's just a preliminary point. Yeah? You entertain it, entertain it, and then what's entertaining it gets dismissed. And then you see the entertaining of it is its nature. It's being now. Being. Not wasing or willing, it's being. And in a verb, there's really no place it starts to stop if it's an eternal verb, yeah? In a sense, the eternal verb is really is like stillness, because it's constantly moving. So in a sense, when something's constantly moving, it's seen as if it stopped, yeah? The only way, like, you know something is because you didn't know it maybe a second ago. It has to have... Its appearance is predicated on its being disappeared for a while, for you to get it. Something that's always so, you'll never recognize it. The mind isn't conditioned to pick that up, just like gravity. Very few people did I hear at Buzz Cafe talk about gravity's effects on them. They weren't sitting there going, man, it's on, it's heavy on my right shoulder today. And what about you? You feel? Oh, yeah, it's pretty heavy. It was much lighter yesterday. It's heavy today. What is it, Sunday? Very heavy on Sunday. No. But yet, as a physicality, we're determined by it all day. We're under its influence all day, yet we have not a freaking clue. Unless you go to an anti-gravity you know, anti room or go up in the space, then you know its presence, gravity, by its absence. That's exactly what this is like. You'll know the presence by your absence. You will never know the presence while you're present. Because in a sense, that's its absence. It can't be absent, but that's its absence. Yeah? Its contrived sense of being absent is because you're full of being present. And you're looking so hard to get it, it's causing it to be more absent to you. But when this is seen to be absent, then you get the sense of the presence. And the sense will intimate, I hope to you, something that it's always been this way. Nothing ever happened. There was never a you to play the dam or the gatekeeper or the spigot for this to be experienced or not, because it's not an experience. You are totally irrelevant as what you believe you are to be. You can't leave a mark on it. You can do the most heinous act. It doesn't leave a scar on that. This place has absolutely no influence on that, and yet that can have influence here. But this place has no influence on that. No matter how much things rub against a no-thing, it never makes it a thing. Yeah. But when no-thing influences things, it makes them lighter. Yeah. So you travel lighter as a thing here, by entertaining no-thing. And you get, let's say, con consistently traveling lighter when you get you know, the understanding, you don't get it. But there, all there is is no thing. And it's not based on whatever the thing does or doesn't do. See, if this was based on what my thing did, I shouldn't have had a buzz coffee. I shouldn't have gone to that thrift store. I should have been busy meditating under the tree in the back and breathing a you know, reading some scriptures before I go here and this and that. But not, I have absolutely no relevance to this message. <laughs> One bit. There's no preparation necessary. <laughs> because if I thought I had to prepare, then I'd have relevance over the message. I would be relevant, actually more so than the message. Because I'd have to prepare this 
to be able to, let's say, channel that, I would say this would then be more powerful than that. Eh? If this would have to get ready for that to be channeled, I would say this, that channeling depends on this. That is not what you want it to be like. <laughs> because if that depends on this, you're only going to get that as a product of this, and that ain't that. The that is not a product of this. This will produce a product called that, but that ain't that. Yeah? That is something different. And in a sense, and it's not painful or a really terrible moment to be irrelevant. It's quite freeing. You're really off the hook. Yeah. It's sort of like you have a book, and maybe you're in chapter 20, and you're writing it as you're living. And suddenly, you realize there's no author. If there ain't an author, there isn't a story. Yeah? <laughs> no matter how many pages have been full, no matter how many chapters, no matter how many pictures you have pasted in there, no matter how much pointing at the relevance of you, when the author page, it's there's no author, there ain't no story. You're not beholden to the story any longer, are you? That's the freedom. It hasn't nothing nothing has to change in the chapters. It doesn't have to change how it goes or you know, the heroine and the hero. It's just the removal of the sense of authorship. It's a real incredible relaxation. You'll never know it as a self. Because self is so intrinsically connected with doing and having that any any posture of being a self is going to be heavy because it's based on you doing and having. This is a total relaxation because you're irrelevant. It really doesn't mean anything if you search for the truth or not. It's fun, if that's what you're calling it, or devotion, or whatever. It's nice to follow your bliss here as an action figure, because this is the only place you can follow your bliss. Yeah. But it's not like a draft or a conscription. Yeah. What you're not has no influence on what you are. How could it be if it was what you're not? <laughs> What you're not means it has no influence. It's an effect without a cause. It has no power. It's the power you are, truly, hijacked by that mental process and activity that gives so much meaning into your life. It's what makes something that's a real stale, run-of-a-mill, lousy screenplay, literally, and makes it into an incredible novel, like a bestseller, at least to you. I mean, no one else is probably buying it, unless you agreed to buy each other's bestseller. But, I mean, really. It's like if I was here, let's say, and we had a movie, a marquee on the front, and it said, the story of Paul today. Today only, the story of Paul. Now, 40 people come, I'd say about 38 of them would be Pauls, with the hopes that the story was about them. Maybe two women who went out with Pauls, so they could be right about something. Yeah. So they come in, and we'd all be in here, waiting. I'm the only one who knows it's about me, so... I make sure the doors lock, you know, automatically and get everyone in. Because I want a, a very attentive audience. So I'm sitting here, and everyone's excited, yeah? They can't wait to see their life story. It's great. And the two women are really excited because they want to be right. You know, I always know that guy was the best. You know? So they're sitting there. And, you know, the stale jujubes and the popcorn, lousy popcorn and all that. 
imagine. But everyone will put up with that because they're interested. That's what happens. You put up with so much shit here with the hopes that it's, but you're special in the shit. Yeah, it's incredible seeking. It's really incredible. Right? If you weren't that, you would realize something doesn't work. I'll inject something fast. Then I get back to the movies. Now I got your attention. I remember when I was younger, I went to, and just out of the, from people I knew, they took me to this giant uh, Native American sweat in Mount Shasta, California, which is supposed to be a very spiritual mountain. You know, they have, that's where all the motherships are and everything. Crystal, they have tons of crystal shops and the ascendant masters and everything. It's a really, actually, it's a beautiful space. But I got invited to this giant sweat, and they had this authentic uh, Indian. And these people in Harley Davidson's with long flowing hair were driving from all around the country to see this man and go to this sweat, and I was just stumbled into it. But I was there, and they build this thing up. It's really nice how they make it. They make it out of all this wood, birch-like branches, and they put these flaps over it. And there's a big pit, and they throw super hot rocks in that pit. And then the, the, the main dude, if it's the Indian, they throw water and, and herbs on it, and it creates an incredible, it's like a super sauna in there. Now, I've never been in one of these sweats, but I'm a spiritual seeker, yeah? And I, you know, I bought the idea of purifying hook, line, sinker. I swear to God, I'll be better and more ready to receive if I'm pure. So, all right, I'm with it. So I go in there, but I don't know much about sweats. So the place is packed. I mean, all these people are there, and the Indians sitting there. And when the flaps go down, it's totally, you cannot see. So I saw some people standing around holding on to the rafters, because there was a lot of people there, with the lights still on. So I'm up there, like a, like a New York subway. I'm holding on, standing there. And the flaps go down. I don't remember, realize everyone else sits down. Because the heat move goes up, you know? I try to sit down, but there's no room. Everyone's bunched up. So I'm like stuck, and the heat starts hitting me. <laughs> and I burnt my inside my arms, and my ears, and my inside my nostrils. It was unbelievably hot. <laughs> and I, every time I tried to sit down, someone says, hey, hey. So I'm like following like this, and it was going on, and I just... The hope, the most fervent hope I've ever hoped for was that flap opening, man. I was like, come on, stop with the water. I'm dying. And the flap opened, I try to get out of there as soon as possible, jump in the stream, this cold stream, and you get this incredible rush, and you oh man, I'm purifying, I can tell it. I'm more open than ever. So then, then you go in again, this time I learned a little bit, yeah? But what happened is I didn't go to too many sweats after that. But I stayed in that sweat that day a number of times, and it was really unbelievable. I wanted to get out of there so bad. To something. I mean, I just couldn't get to the flap fast enough, and it was unbelievable. Years later go by, and I was entertaining this idea. My friends, they live where I live, they had this group of all American guys, you know, corporate dudes, I think, that were now following a Native American Indian way of life. So they're going to build this little sweat in the backyard of this guy. And they brought an Indian from Oklahoma. I don't know how he got him. But they got him there, and so he wanted me to go with him, to support him. I said, sure, sure. It's because I like him. So I went in there, and so they start the sweat. He says, come on, Paul, let's do the sweat. I said, all right, let's go in the sweat. So we all are in the sweat, and the heat starts happening. And as soon as I, I goes, my head goes, this is hot, I got right up and left. It was so beautiful. There was no thinking, nothing. It was like, I fed the hot, bye-bye. I went outside. They were all sweating in there, and all the food was outside. And all, the, and all the refreshments, and it was a beautiful starlit night. I was just sitting there. These guys are howling in there. Oh, yes! 
please take all these things from me. I'm sitting there doing it. That's what it's like. Things become obvious. Blue become blue. Red becomes red. You understand things quickly. And you have, you stop doubting your gut. You start being driven by your gut. It's a much better system than thought. Yeah? And you just switch over to like a different server or a different programmer. You stop buying or stop picking up K-Paul all day and buying all those products. You open up to receive some different information. And I'll tell you, the proof is in the freaking pudding. You'll know something's working. Why? Because it's working. I mean, have we lost simplicity that far that we can't even admit that something's not working without pouring tons of excuses why it's not working? It's not working. You know? Why do you want to keep riding a dead horse? Dead by? Get on a live one. So here, so we have the movie going. 30 of them. Everyone's there. And everyone's very, very interested. So the movie starts. And in about five minutes, most of them realize it's not about them. They lose total interest in it. But I'm incredibly into it. And it's a shot of a, like a morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, and the phone rings. I'm going, this was an incredible moment in Paul's life. Was it the fairy princess calling? Was it someone offering him a job? And everyone's like, <sighs> why is that? Because it's not about you. That's your freedom. As long as you think you are this, you're going to be interested in it. Not you, but the interest and attention that you funnel into this place is going to be drawn back into self-reflection. It's going to be in a self-important loop. Yeah? So your attention is going to go out, you're going to meet things and this and that, but how you're going to meet them is as you. So you meet thousand things, but it's always brought back to one object. You. You. So object, 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 thinking is subject, but object, 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 object. So the interest and attention don't, doesn't illuminate that you are consciousness. It illuminates that you are not conscious, that you are a body. Yes? That, in, that attention, if it's not caught in a loop of object to object, thinking it's a subject, if it realizes... It's not this, then it goes object to universal subject, through object, object to universal subject, through, through. And this is how you feel traveling lighter is. That's what it translates into, traveling lighter is this. Because now the circuit is unbroken. It's going through an object, in a way, to an object, meaning all objects, coming back through this object, and not hitting the mental processes billboard of a big picture of you as a body, and getting totally taken off of its track and getting obsessed into this black hole. Yeah? So let's say your faith, which is involved here, is put into the thoughts in your head. That faith goes into the black hole and translates as anxiety in you. It's actually, the, the amount of anxiety has is based on the faith. The faith you have in your thoughts and what a car accident means to you and this and that is what produces the anxiety. That energy, it manifests in whatever you, you put in. And here, that energy, which let's say is more neutral, can, be a, can appear to be as faith or as anxiety. Yeah. It's where it goes to. If it's put into thoughts, it's going to produce anxiety. Because thoughts are the realm of time. They're in the realm of self, yes? If it's put into not that, then it's in this moment, yes? And it circulates. So your energy goes like this. Shoot! and 
instead of getting stuck, and then it's just getting in this loop of self-importance. Because it's driving your apparatus freaking crazy. It's way too much light. That light is supposed to be dispersed. So when Taoism says, turn the light upon itself, it doesn't mean you. So turn the light upon itself, light. So when I'm not identified as body, Paul, then it goes right through this object, just like it goes right through this object. Yes? Right through this object to this, bounces off, tells this. Instead of getting stuck here, because you think that's the subject, it goes right through this object. Yeah? And then it's just this huge supply. You cannot lose interest or attention. There's tons of attention. You lose attention in something. Yeah? And the best way to lose attention as this is to realize that it's an object. Then the attention will recognize the subjectivity and then circulate through the object, not to the object. Once it's stopping here and then bouncing there, you've made this incredible loop and you short-circuit it, so the loop just goes back to self. And this activity we call obsessing with self. So everything, everything is being re represented. Every contact is being represented to the importance or as a self. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. This is more of a dispersal. There's no central location, it's undefined, and the attention gets to spread its wings and fly. And know what? Like a homing pigeon, it goes to its true nature, which is awareness, consciousness, not a body. And you'll sense, you know what, when you get out of seeming self, don't you feel bigger? It's a sense, everyone gets it. You get a feel of expansion. Hey, my life seems a lot larger when I'm not in it. That's exactly what it's like. You're sensing the presence of, of your absence. When that billboard gets taken down, the attention goes right to, yes, to that circle. See, in other words, the attention isn't coming from a fixed place. It's just all everywhere. Yeah? And, you, and you, wherever you may be, are in all everywhere. But not as a special someone. You are all everywhere, in a sense. The special someone makes it a special place. And, you know, you think your head is looking to travel lighter. It isn't. That's why it's not noting any of it in your life. Most people, they can have a miracle early this morning. They will have forgotten it by lunchtime. But you're holding on to a resentment that's 40 years old. Someone did something to you, and you keep remembering it 40 years ago. But a miracle happened this morning, and you'll forget it. That's the nature of selfing. And you have to realize it, man. So you don't have to check it out. How long does it last when you're having a good time? Before it wonders or worries when it's going to go bad. 20 minutes, maybe? 30 minutes? But the same head... If it's having a bad day, what does it do with it? It says it's going to last forever. I'm entering a depression. I know it. I've been worried about a lifelong depression. It's finally here. This is the beginning. I can tell. I'm sure of it. I know it. Exactly. You want that to be the interpreter of your life? You want that to navigate? If it does, you're never going to explore anything. Everything is going to be back to the same port, self Self, self, self. Why is it that when I go to Thailand, it looks like Minneapolis after a few days? 
because it's the same old, same old. The same template is being used on everything. Everything about Paul. I, me, my, all day, all day. It's a sickness. It's a disease. The beautiful thing is the freedom is inherently in the recognition of it as a disease because I'm not that. The disease only has an effect on what you're not. While you're that, you're going to be incredibly infected by the effects of this disease. You're going to be struggling with it, fighting with it constantly. And no matter what remedy you find, won't have a long-lasting effect. Because you are, in a sense, the disease. The problem is seeking solutions to the problems it thinks it has. Doesn't it? It has problems. How many problems have you had this week? Maybe ten. That's it. But if you look at, in that relationship, was there one person who had ten problems? Or was there ten people having ten problems? There was one person with ten problems, yeah? Why would you want to waste time on the ten problems? Go to the one who thinks they have the problems. If this isn't you, you may have a different relation to those problems. If not, if you start keep dealing with the problems to get relief for the problem, not from it, you're going to be enslaved to keep getting relief for the problem. Because the problem is what? The problem. It's going to keep making those effects. If you don't get to the root of it, you're going to have to learn how to manage those effects better or disassociate or get therapized around them or whatever. But you're not going to be living without them. But if you can tell the truth about that, the thing, this problem gives meaning to everything else that is seen as a problem. So let's look at this. Am I that? If you're not that, you may be free from your problems. It's funny, because when I hear this, man, it's like a hallelujah. Hey, that was very clear. I really like this. I'm seeing it. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> It's like coming out of a hole, yeah. I mean, you really have the ability to recognize what works and doesn't work for you. Why have we constantly given our authorities away? Constantly looking for some outside authority to tell us how it is, or how it's going to be, or how it was. You know, gurus and everything. There's nothing wrong with gurus. Unless your mind makes it so. But sooner or later, it's got to be in your own gut. I don't, you're not going to, no matter how sure you think they are sure, it's still not going to translate to a certainty in you. You have to entertain. You are that same certainty they're exhibiting. You are that. They don't have any commodity on anything. They're just maybe to you. That's the funny thing. It's so subjective. You know, some masters can seem to be the all wonderful one to you. Other people would walk by them and like that. Which is the truthful view? Who knows? Neither of them are. You know, you give it all the meaning it has for you.
Who sent you? It's like a speakeasy. All right, who sent you? And she doesn't know you're talking to her. Uh, to the one who I, who doesn't know I'm talking to them. Who are you? Do you hear us on Skype? Hey, Rana, is that you? You hear us? Okay. That was the I swear I returned that. Stop calling me. I did not charge that on my account. I refused the delivery of that microwave. Send it to Deborah. <laughs> shopping network and suddenly never not here. Can we buy it? Give me two of the never not here. So I saw it, I think. Isn't that the one with the, the 20 jewel? You know? Give me, send me that. <laughs> send bitch slap? Yeah, send me that too. It's a foot massager. Bring it over here. Oh, yeah. My dogs are so tired. Yes. <laughs> on this website. I was just looking for those shoes. Those size eights. I like those. She says they're gone off the screen. Now I see some guy. I don't want him. We're breaking into the shopping channel to offer you nothing. But one day only uh <laughs> Get your nothing now. There's nothing to sign or ship or anything. Just sit, sit, sit put, put your receiver down in the checkbook and the phone and just sit there with nothing. Right, hold on. It's coming. Come on, come on. It's coming. There's been hundreds of people happy with this delivery. All right, together. Coming. All right. Don't pick up that checkbook. Leave that remote. Yeah, just leave it alone. Now, how does it feel? In that pause. Freedom from seeking, at least for a second. <laughs> Sounds foreign. Oh. I can't wait for this pause to stop and I can get on shopping. I can't handle it. I'll put her off by the shop. This pause is so long. See, part of shopping is you think you want to be free. Don't trust that to admit that you don't want to be free and get done with it so you got a whole pretense and drop and maybe they'll recognize you are free yeah? but the idea of thinking you want to be free just drop it obviously no one here wants to be free as a self they want to be free as a self but they don't want to be free from self that's the, the condition of the mind you're not the mind tell the truth about it fuck I don't want to be free if you said if someone presented like a week-long, I don't care who the master was, a week-long retreat for 12 hours a day, forget it. I don't want to do that. Send me a CD, DVD. 
I'll watch it at my house, but I don't want to go there. Because yeah. I don't want to be free. I never did. Nor will I ever be. I would meditate for four or five hours as long as there was no peace around. As soon as the peace happened, I got up and did laundry. Yeah? Got some. Oh, sorry. So, that's a little too much there. I, I like to meditate, but I don't want to find anything in the meditation. No, I just want to think and deal with the thinking and thinking and thinking. Like I get some nobility out of it. But once the. Oh, let's go. Gotta do laundry. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay that you don't want to be free. It's totally okay. Totally fine. You know? You don't need to be free. There's no need to freaking be free. Do you hear us on Skype? Do you want to talk on Skype? <laughs> you just want to listen, huh? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Well, that's great. Great. Okay. Oh, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you and I can see you, and I'm just amazed. Who is it? This is Ron. Rana, yeah. nice to just not to not see you and not. <laughs> I can hear you but not see you. Yeah, I don't have that technology. I oh. just want to say um, that I first listened to you on the Urban Guru Cafe on the interviews that you did. Yeah. Yeah, and I love how Freddie described to Gilbert what is then bitch slap. What was that? What is then bitch slap? Yeah. I can't remember now, but it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I get like a slap off the side of the head. <laughs> yeah. Your imaginary head. <laughs> There's an empty slap on an empty head. Yeah, it's, to me it's one of the ways I like to use it is it startles. Because selfing is a verb. And selfing can be startled into stopping for periods of time. To me that's what I hope a Zen bitch slap is. It startles the selfing to stop, and in that pause of the selfing, which there's many of, yeah, that pause reveals something. I'm not that. Because what I thought I was has just stopped, and there seems to be something still going. <laughs> so I think I rely on what seems to be still going when what I thought I was stops. Yeah? Like the dead horse, you jump off, you're on the life horse. Why would you say, but I like that dead horse. No, <laughs> just get off the dead horse, get on the live horse. And it's really great to see both of them happening at the same time. Yeah. 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 And it's when, when they're both happening, it's all okay that they're both happening? Yes. That's, that's just awesome. Yes. <laughs> it's not one or the other. No. No. But I thought it used to be one. It had to be one or the other. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. The one or the other is, is that that's the option state. So what's optionless can become an option. So it's a way of banishing its all present nature. Yeah? By making it something you can entertain. And the only way it becomes applicable to you is if you entertain it. Yeah? But it's totally applicable as you. This very second, there's seeing going on. Yeah. Even if you can, even the, the the possibility of entertain being unconscious is brought to you by consciousness. Without being conscious, you couldn't entertain your unconscious. Without being conscious, you wouldn't know if you were conscious or not. Literally, there'd be no, you know, 
like you'd be out cold, someone would stick a pin in you, you would have no sensation and no anyone. You'd have to believe a story they told you. Yeah, we stuck a pin in you, you know, a few hours ago. Okay. That's what happens here. People, it's like in, the, in this room, if we turn the lights off in this room, the cellars, yeah. in this room, if we turn the lights off, what would happen? Problems would arise. If you needed to go to the bathroom, yeah, and you hadn't been here many times when it was uh, the light was on, you'd have trouble finding the bathroom. And you'd fall over a chair, and you may bump into someone, and someone would get mad at you, and then you'd have to try to figure out, maybe someone would be selling maps. This is where I think the bathroom is, you know, I can't be sure, but I, I got there once, so they'd be selling you maps to get to the bathroom, and because you needed to go to the bathroom, you'd be interested in those maps, yeah? Maybe you'd get a catheter, because you know you're going to have an accident, you know, because you cannot find the bathroom. And all, and so maybe, you know, you know you're going to bump into chairs, so you get you know, uh, knee pads, and so we start finding so solutions to the problems that are caused by the darkness, instead of taking it to a point where we just find the light switch. When the lights go on, what happens to the problems? They disappear because they're based on the absence of light. The absence of light causes you to rely on speculation. The mental process speculates from the past. And it projects the past into the future. Yeah? And anything that's presented to it in conscious contact in the present, it refers back to the past. It represents it in the framework of the past. Yeah? So you get an interpretation of this event that is not this event. It's a representation of a past event that may not have even happened. Yeah? So without the light in the room, we can just basically live by speculation. And so we seek others to give us their speculations. We rely on being taught other speculations, like in school and education. The speculation is if you don't have a really good education, you're going to be dead in this world and whatever. And fear is a very big promoter in you know, receiving and holding on to speculations. But they're just speculations brought about by the darkness. The solution is illumination, obviously. So even in the darkness, we will believe this artificial light sources, and we'll buy them, and we'll subscribe to them, we'll go to retreats for them, and like that, but they're very t limited. The batteries run out, and then the darkness reigns supreme once again, yes? But so the chronic or seeming overall state is darkness, and sometimes light enters. But that's because the authority we have given away is that we are light, because, and not that we've done that purposely, we just believe that we're the object of darkness, this body, yeah? And that casts us into the darkness, and we don't have light. And the whole dilemma is illumination, and you're that illumination, but not as you. That's the light switch. Once you see, do I need to buy a map to the bathroom? I can see the stairs. I will not need uh, knee pads. I can see the chairs. I can navigate quite well. The ability to navigate is there. I just need some light. Yeah? Now, if I'm relying on outside sources, which we've done, how does that work for you? 
you have to re-up, you got to buy new batteries, maybe they go into one country you can't get to because of some reason and this and that. So all of this opportunity to get light is conditional and circumstantial. So you have to tolerate the absence of light once again with the hopes of getting light. But if you are the light, that's taken out of the question. I don't need knee pads because I'm going to see that chair. I can navigate here because the here is illuminated. I cannot navigate here by maps that are only speculations because conditions and circumstances change. So once there was a rock there, but now time has gone by, circumstances have changed, that rock has moved. So the old map may not tell me how to get around the rock because it doesn't know the location of the rock anymore. This place appears and disappears. So the whole setting can change underneath that curtain of darkness. So the light, I don't believe, is from the past. The light is now. And you are the bearer of the light, but not as you. Like to me, here, I don't have a lot of wisdom at all. I just know what to do next a lot of the time. That's all. It's very economical. I don't have a lot of information. I just have what goes through at the moment. And then when it goes through, I don't claim it or own it, and it's bye-bye. Now we record it, but in fact, it's, I have no semblance of private uh, being a, you know, it's not mine. I don't own it. I don't privatize it because it's so freaking obvious. I can't have it, so that's why I don't lose it. And light isn't quantified. I didn't get just a certain amount of light that I've been wasting away or I've been spending it on things I shouldn't have spent on. That would make you relevant once again. How can you be relevant in the dispersal of light if it's infinite? All you're doing and having doesn't have a damn thing to do with it. It's not based on you. The amount of light in your life is not based on you. That's what the self would love to cast it as, because then you play God. It's not. It's light. See, what was happening a lot, something happens in here. Then it tries to find a way to express itself. It cannot be given to you because you are that. So it just finds a way to express. So where this action figure came from was recovery, so it used that. Yeah? And then it finds other ways to try to get a message across. Yeah? And the only message to me that's valuable is about recognizing what you're not. I don't find any value in describing the great loveliness of what you are because it doesn't matter. Because to you, yes, with the you in place, that will not do any good for you to know how beautiful the oneness is because you're entertaining it as a product of two-ness. It's impossible. But tell the truth, I'm not a product of two-ness. That's it. You are that. Actively. Yeah? Actively. It may not look like you thought it would, you know. Thank God. It doesn't look like you thought it would. Yeah. But it's active. You live it. You're living it. You're a living expression. Yeah. Would you want to have a river as a noun or experience a river as a verb? Would you want to just look at river pictures and never get wet and think you know rivers? Or would you just like to have no idea of rivers and jump in it and get moved by this gentle current and see how it feels and get totally immersed in riverness? Or would you rather be safe and have 
books of rivers and all the great rivers in the world and be dry as hell. Now, really, we're all wet as hell right now. And we're acting like we're dry. So like there's an old, I think Adyashanti said this, and it's not him, it's a Zen story, which I love, which is people who are inviting you in this message are like a guy or a woman standing by a river selling water. <laughs> and it's even funnier that, because it's like a guy or wo woman standing in the river selling water. So obviously, if you're in a river... <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of funny. <laughs> what? Is that me? Of course it isn't. Hallelujah. But that's what's going on. We're wet as hell, talking about wetness. <laughs> you know, as a way of affirming that we're dry. <laughs> I wish I had enough water and go. <laughs> I'm drowning here. <laughs> what else do you want me to do? Show you my gills? Yeah, look at this. I don't have gills. <laughs> that excludes me. I don't have gills. <laughs> the mind is just chomping at the bit to exclude itself from this. Your great love of a master, maybe or may not be, the mind could use it as a way of excluding you from the truth. Because it's alright for them to be truth, but not you. I'm not saying that happens, but the mind, don't, don't underestimate the capability of mind of taking any advantage of anything it comes in contact with. So you could come in contact with the Lord of the Universe, and your contact with the Lord of the Universe could imprison you in self. The mind could just go, Rit! It's him, it's her, but not me. It's him, it's her. I mean, it's him. And you don't understand. There's this echo. It's not me. It's him. Not me. It's him. Not me. I'm not saying that's so, but it happens to you. Watch it. Check it out. This thing is constantly looking to throw off the unbearability of the ever-present oneness. Well, not even oneness. To me, it's like nothing without a first... But it's unbearable to selfing, that thing. And it would do anything if it could erase it, but it can't get rid of it. So it just distorts it, claims it, hijacks it, manipulates it, tells stories about it, makes it even something that you really, really, really want to know, but as a subject, to it as an object. But very rarely does it want to say, hey, I'm just totally freaking irrelevant. Let me have my pants drop and never go pick them up again. I'll just start walking around the main city square with nothing on. And then the mind's grabbing, grabbing, and then you get over that, and it's like man, it's like a free fall. The free fall is there's nothing ever to hold on to. This whole life is free falling. It's verbing. You're constantly verbing here, and the mind wants to be a noun to take a break from that. It doesn't want to be in this incessant beingness. It wants to be the one that is a being wants to come out of the verb and be a noun, because then it can go pontificate about the verb, as if it wasn't it. The verbing, there's no, you can't get your head out of the water to go, wow, this is a river, it's way too much. You just, it's so much a river, it's just rivering. Yeah. 
The self always wants to make up that imaginary island, climb up on it, stick a flag on it. This is me. I know the river. I live right on it. No, you freaking don't. The river is a verb, and you've made yourself a noun. You can never know the river as a noun. Because the noun has extracted or neutered the whole essence of the river, which is the verb of it. The living of it is the verb of it. This wants to have a life, but it doesn't want to be living a life. It wants to have a life and privatize a life and have reasons why it didn't get what it wanted in life and everything else like that, but it's scared shit of living life. That's why people watch reality shows. They want to give up their reality and watch other characters and, you know, let's see, did Butch get a haircut this week? Oh, I like his haircut. I wonder where he got that haircut. Eight million viewers. Waiting at the edge of the seat, said, Butch, get a haircut. Do you think he did? What kind? I don't think he'd get a mohawk. What do you know? That would be too radical. Oh, here it comes. Everyone be quiet. Come on. See, Butch, Butch, yeah, Butch. Wow, Butch got a haircut. Jesus Christ, come on. <laughs> Let's totally extract ourselves from life and watch others living it. Oh, I do better than that. Oh, I hate that guy. Oh, I just... Come on. And then, you know, it may sit there and go, Oh, I'd love to be wet if I could possibly could, but I can't because I'm not purified enough. You're drenched. You're soaked. I'm getting mad. <laughs> Bitch slap coming on. I feel it's a bitch slap. <laughs> That's it, I hope. Let's see. No? See, as soon as I say, then you hear a phone, it's kind of funny. Yeah. We're actually going back in there, act like as if we're on the internet. <laughs> All right, it's your turn, Debbie. Oh, I saw you once before, Paul. I just saw you, Debbie. No, no, I'm in Cleveland or something. Just I saw you about five minutes ago. Oh no. <laughs> Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? How was your childhood? Uh, I can see something must have happened to you. (laughs) Something traumatic happened to you to cause you to be the way you are now.
there's there's some gift that just makes everything you've said irrefutable. But not necessarily talking about it is that gift. But it's talking about it somehow is very clear and talking about it is in a way funny because we kind of have to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. It's hilarious. Really. Yeah. Somehow the seriousness part is like it's actually the disease of selfing because again you say it's the relevance saying that this is serious business and it takes me the self to really consider this for you and the laughing of it just kind of like laughing at it just kind of acknowledges the absurdity of what's going on and how we lead our lives thank God it's not you leading it that way so it can look totally absurd it really that doesn't have meaning in either literally yeah, I mean it's it's a joy actually. It's not uh, it's not an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not at your expense. No, no, no. <laughs> what expense? It's infectious. I know. You, you have a lot of joy in our game. Our game. Yeah. Our expense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. It's a win-win. Yeah. But I think something about your pointing, you know, like you're saying, there's no other way. There's no, you, you say, I don't like to just talk about the truth and the glory of oneness and all this stuff because the self will never get that. The, the selfie will never, never get that. It's just useless. I mean, maybe nothing will get there. And that the fact that somehow this fiasco is valuable because it can be understood as a gift, not as a doing or a working at it, but just somehow, well, I don't know what that gift is, you know, whether that's an intention or whether that's just an openness or somehow enough laughing at it somehow leaves a couple of gaps or holes and the obviousness just seeps in. Yeah, I, I like, um, see, I never set out as a, with an approach. And actually, I find out about the approach I seem to have by people emailing me. Literally. So people email me and say, my approach is more like the old neti neti, not this, not this, which was a way of looking at things. And because that's how I see it. I, that's how it was being seen. So that's the name, which is, I'm not really concerned about what you are. Because you are that. My concern is about what you're not. <laughs> yeah, because you can t describe what you're not. You can't describe what you are. Because what you're not is an appearance. What you are it doesn't appear. It doesn't have qualities. So there's no way. That's why they call it the indescribable. But very rarely do they call this indescribable. This can be described up the wazoo, really. You can see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it. You can have intuition hits about it because it's this. So for me, I like, this is what how it happened, so that's 
people have pointed out to me, and I like, if that's an approach, that's how I like to present it. I don't want to describe what we are, because you can't, but I can describe what I'm not, because I've seen it. Yeah? I've seen it. Because there's consciousness here. And once it was, once I heard the message that I was not that, then I became conscious of it, not as it. And when you're conscious of it, you see it. And if you have the uh, inclination as the action figure, the tendency to ex- share that, then this is, will be your seat assignment in a way. Yeah? So I can, I can share how I see what we're not, with the hopes that it will trigger what you're not. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I like it. I mean, I've gone to every meeting I've ever given. You know? I've been hearing it for a long time from me. <laughs> it works this way. It's simple. Because what happens with me, really, when it's being offered through, the timelessness of it is really beautiful. It, it switches, but it didn't take any time. Just like that. Boom, boom, like that. I'm not that. Doesn't, there's no time to become something else. It's, I'm not that, which takes absolutely no time to not be that because you're not that. Yeah, It takes no time not to be what you're not. Yeah, It would take time to not to be what you are, obviously. Let's just say in this world, if you were something, it would take time not to be that. Let's say if you were 200 pounds and very muscular, it would take time by not eating and not exercising not to be that. It would take time not to be that. But because you're not that, it takes no time not to be that. Somehow before, I, you know, I've heard about an empty and empty and that idea, and somehow, I don't know, I guess I had an expectation of what it would look like, or, uh, you know, just what you're saying, I wanted to fit it into the cell somehow. And I never could get it at all, you know, I thought, oh, this is almost useless, and I just had these images of going out with a fishing pole and having to catch everything there is in the in the universe and say, oh, not that one, oh, not that one, really? Yet? Oh, that was a big, big one. Yeah. A bunker, but anyhow, I got it in. Oh, no, I'm not that. And I thought, oh, oh I, mean, I didn't get it, you know, something what you say. I think one of your best terms for me is like just considering what's not happening. What's not happening is so vast and so much fun. Yeah, it can go everywhere, anywhere, and uh, in a way we can say it's not real. In another way we can say it's illusion. In another way we can say it's ignorance. But I mean, what's not happening? See, even illusion gives it a sense of relevance, though. Yeah, it I seems mean, to be an illusion, but not what's not happening is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, illusion sounds like, like oh, well, it gives it a real big sense of relevance. Like now I'm going to go crack the illusion. I'm going to break the illusion. What's not happening? I'm just going to walk away because I don't know what the hell. <laughs> That's the whole point, you know. I mean, all those things are fired by interest. So yeah. the illusion, I'm interested in cracking it. Ignorance, I'm, I'm totally Most interested definitely. in in uh, solving, resolving ignorance. And then you could call it just movement, you know. And you say, well, okay, there's no. If there was no movement, there would be no evolution, no sophistication, no learning, no. If it is, you know, what we talked about step by step, in a way, if you're if you 
feeling step by step, go make step by step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, what the whole point of not happening is like that. It disarms the, men the mental process, the movement, yeah? Because what can you do with what's not happening? Everything and nothing, you know? You know, you can do everything and it's all equally weightless and meaningless. That's right. So... But in fact, to deal with what's not happening, the only thing you need to do is realize it's not happening. <laughs> and that doesn't obviously take much because it it's not happening. Anything. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't That's take the anything. point. So it's, it's so you fast. Can you can pin it just exactly. like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's the whole reason why I'm... Sh yeah, it's exactly... Could be happening, though. What about next week? It's the time. It happened so many times in the past. Yeah, I know. Over and over and over Like the time must be a hook. That. That's you know? yes, yeah. What's the hook on me? It makes that happen so many times. That's right. That's right. That's you're now trying to extend what's not happening. Now it's just a breath, you know, where I get a chance to think it over. Yeah, it's very quick. That's why I like See, saving time is in timelessness, really. So if it's not happening, there's really nothing I need to do about it. Why? Because it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to have 800 pages of, of oh, yeah, reasons why you shouldn't do anything about this. It's evident in its re revelation. It's not happening. I mean, there's your instructions. It's not happening, okay? <laughs> a lot of people would just call it thought or something like that. But that's even more attachment because then you say, oh, now I'm going to get rid of thought. Oh, now I'm going to overcome thought. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do this. But if you just call it what's not happening, is a thought. That's right. It is a thought. It's just the whole point here in time is if someone can help you save time, that's it. That's good. Yeah? That's what we're doing. We're attempting. If I, if I had a name of an attempt and a feeble one at that, it would be one of those intentions that I have no intention for is that how it registers in me is that there's a timelessness of the of what I'm what we're sharing and that's what's really juicy well, just to recognize what's not happening that's it yeah, yeah. Time. but you know you could just say well join the party yeah. I don't have a party though yeah but I mean this is the party this is the party this is the party join yeah, it yeah. you know yeah. and then we went more friends we went we went away well, the thing is, you don't even have to join it. You're at the party. You're joined already. You just got it's a recognition. See, it's very fast. You don't have to join anything, or I'm joining. It's already so. That's what is tricky because this is representing time, knowing it or not. You're not under the influence of time. This is of time. Yeah. And so, every time this is thought of, it has time as an ingredient. So if you are going to get ready, there's time in that readiness. And any bit of time is, is sort of like a dispute of the timelessness of what's so. So for you to get ready to hear this message is all baloney. All baloney. Yeah? It, and it tries to inject time because it can be relevant in time because time has to do with doing and having. And therefore, there's got to be a you that's doing and having, and voila, now you have relevance. So, as much as it can be presented timelessly, it eradicates or it, it cuts off that avenue of selfing, yeah? So it's left with nothing. Yeah? It's left with a pause. And then you see what it wants to do. It wants to do something with that pause. It wants that pause to lead to another pause or make something out of it. And then you can see that, and it's not you. That's the activeness of being awake. You're seeing what you're not, not from what you're not. You're seeing what you're not in its activity. You're seeing the selfing. 
that's not you. That's wakeness. Awakeness is aware, and therefore you're aware of what's happening, and what's happening is a you. What occurs is we become identified with that, the A drops out, now it's you, and it's a whole different ballgame. When you're seeing a you, that's freedom from it. When you're seeing you, that's bondage. A you from you. Can we say more about uh, the relationship between doing and having and time? Because you just said, okay, that that's all about time, time's all about doing and having. And some people, I don't think, make that jump or really... um, Well, of course, but it takes time to do something, right? Yeah, it takes time to do something. So So, you can't have doing without time. Exactly. So And so that's why if you present it as what's not happening, obviously that's not doing, it's not happening. Yeah? So therefore, it's not of time. So your solution has a different quality than the solution that's based on doing and having. Could a confusion because we're saying, okay, without time there can be no doing, but could, without time can there be a happening? Because happening is also an ing word, which sounds like it's stretched out in, ta- in time. No, happening is timeless. Okay. That's why we don't recognize it because we don't see it because it's always so. See, it takes time for something to appear and to leave. That's what we recognize. See, time is an ingredient in the, is an ingredient of us seeing objects because they seem to come. Or let's say this this has been here a long time, this chair. But then the chair will be moved, and we'll recognize it's not here because there was some doing, and now the time it's been moved. So it needs time to appear to be here. Yeah, what's happening is timeless. That's why we're not recognizing, because we don't see it appear from not being here, because it's always here. So you can't see it from a time-based perception. You can never see it anyway, but you're not going to sense it from a time-based perception, because it's always so, so it can seem to be not so at all to you, because it's always so. It has no ingredient of time. It's timeless. It didn't take any time to get here. And it's not going to take any time to leave because there was no getting here and no leaving. So it's very difficult for the conditioned mind to recognize or intimate it, yeah? Because it doesn't have the equipment to pick it up because it's always so. Check it out. How about this for an explanation? Let me, let me try one. Okay, so like the chair is like a very simple unit um, or whatever. Maybe it's not even a unit, you know, but we say it is. And so it's just in... It's rivering, it's verbing all the time. It's rivering. One time it was rivering at the store, and then it was rivering on the truck, and then rivering in the house, and in the kitchen, and in the basement, and up. And actually, the, uh, the, the advance or the time or the movement, when we say one time it was down here and one time it was up there, it's kind of like an overlay saying, okay, this is the beginning. Okay, we're just starting now here, the chair is down here. Oh, there's an end as it goes up. We're overlaying the, the beginnings and the ends and creating the events just as a, a thought process. Yeah, that's but really what time the chair is. is just rivering. Yeah, but time is that. Time is our, our thought process. Yeah, time is those those uh, like starting points and endings. Any process needs time. That's what we're attempting to do: is take the time out of a. Well, not attempting to do anything. You can see it as that. Take the that time in the message, there's no time exactly because time is implies a process. Yeah. Time takes a memory because you got to remember how it was there and then. Yeah, because oh, yeah. there was there was a was there, yeah. and there will be a going somewhere. Yeah, and so then without a memory or out that thought process, time really trees don't really have time. They got leaves, then they don't have leaves. 
they're just rivering. It's just the way we see it, and it's not a natural way of seeing. It's a, a formula, formulated way of looking. I call it self-centeredness, and I call self-centeredness isn't a sound like structural box of thinking and interpretation. It's it's a verb that takes on the appearance of being a sound structure. Yeah, like I got this, bought this way of looking at life called self-centeredness. It's not that. There's no noun called self-centeredness. It's a verb. The mind is selfing, and it makes up a sense of being self-centered. So you look at everything as how it pertains to you. It doesn't seem like you have a choice, because it happens pretty young mostly. You start looking at everything that's happening as how it pertains to you as what you're not. And that self-centeredness continues on and reinforces itself, because the root of it is identification as what you're not, and then the narrative every day reinforces that. So some people are wrestling with the obsession with self, which is the daily narrative, but it's that is just that's just there to reinforce the real dilemma, which is you're identified as self, because you can't you're not self, so it has to be reinforced. It has to, the the bondage to self right? continuously, because it's you're taking let's say, two, and trying to make it into one. So you're bonding it. So you're taking, like, two pieces of wood and then bonding it. And the, the natural state is for them to be two pieces separate of wood, yeah? But So we have to re-glue it all day. So your consciousness is being re-glued to the idea of being a body every day by its attention to the thoughts, as if it's, the, it's an order about you, yeah? So that's the gluing agent. People think, this is my humble view, People think thoughts are doing it to you, but the bonding agent is on your side, not your side, but on the side of this. And so the thoughts are giving their bonding agent by you believe holding them as they're about me or I'm the thinker of them. That's what gives you. That's the, what you give you the supreme interest, which is the exactly. Glue. So that's the glue, and then so you're bonded to this thing called self. Yes, the identification's there. The obsession keeps it in place. Yeah, all day you're listening to life up here based on being a self. Do, 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 do. And so that keeps the glue fresh, and so the bonding agent stays intact, seemingly. But it's a verb. It's never a structure that becomes one. Yeah? It's made up. It's, a, it's like a weird oneness. It's not the oneness that we talk about in spirituality. It's a weird oneness where you and your thoughts are the same, and you're not. The thoughts are about you as a freaking body. Yeah? You're witnessing. You're the consciousness of those thoughts, but you're not you're not conscious as what those thoughts are about. You're not conscious as the body. So the thoughts going around all day, I, me, mine, all about me, or all about you concerning me, and everything like this, what's going to happen to me, what did happen to me, all the, the, is like the glue, and so the bonding, which is totally un, un, unbondable, seems to be bonded. I am this. Yeah? There's a lot of times, you, I call them pauses, where the inevitability of that not being so shines through. The bonding agent can't be applied quick enough to block out the, the reality seeping in. Yes? So what happens is there's another strategy that overrides any information contrary to its condition by it claiming what happened. So 
a, re, a, a revelation of what you truly are is, t- is claimed by what you're not as I've had this incredible spiritual experience. So it neuters the threat and con- the continual of you as the linear action figure continues on. Thoughts keep reinforcing the identification and then let's runs into another giant speed bump. A total moment of total absence of self. Totally unadorned. And then it's going on and on and on. It's timeless. There's no you it's going on to. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's just whatever. Joyous, free, this and that. Then the thought goes, oh, I just had another spiritual experience. To it, it's a real nuisance, but it makes it sound like it was great for you. But it's a nuisance to the self thing. Because Jesus Christ, I've got to paint over this huge, giant reality? <laughs> well, I'll just claim it. As soon as I claim it as this, I neuter its message. Yes. So we're just revealing it. Hopefully it will help you. I don't know. Just trying to reveal it as far as I've seen it. So that's, what else can I do? This is what I, I, you know, what's coming to me. It's like, okay, this, somehow the interest of, uh... Hey, good night. See you. See you in the San Francisco. The interest that welds these two together, like, uh... And They're about you. Yeah, it's, that it's about you. That's a thought also. It's actually combined with a sense, a feeling. It's a thought and a belief somehow. It's, it's a, a feeling. It's a it equates into a feeling. That's how it gets you, really. If it was just a belief, uh, the overriding availability of its contradiction, you know, truth, reality shining through, would overwhelm it. But it's a sense. It, it's, it's a sense and it's a feeling. So what it is, it's a feeling like any time it starts to, to recede, it feels scary. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. What's happening to me? Yeah. And then you just pull it all in, you know. And then, uh, so then that, that interest created by the, the identification keeps it stuck on there. And then we're saying, like, just see it, see it, see it. And really, you can't see it, right? It's just seen. It's it seen. It is, you know, but I mean, you know, to try and effort and try to see it and That's right. seen and to go to more. Trying to see it would it. be looking. Go more groups and all that stuff, you know. But well, that might be helpful, a, though. It could be helpful in a way, like it's an old. I can't destroy my cottage industry, but <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it's going to be obsolete soon enough. But I don't want to be that obsolete. <laughs> I got to get home. <laughs> I have to eat something tonight, so I'm not obsolete. You need me today. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it. But something about like it's uh, it's said a lot of times, and we're somehow able to numb to it, to ignore it. Or to claim it. Those are like three options. Only in time. That try to um, keep the mechanism in play. Only in time can you do those. Ignoring it, claiming it, forgetting well, it. Well, in time, time, time is like a mental process, and a mental process That's is right. over. And you're not that. Yeah. So in, in a sense, the optionless state is always revealing its nature, but not to you. It's revealing its nature as you. But you have already an opinion of what you are, and that blocks you off from recognizing it. But it doesn't change the fact of what's so. Yeah, that's another really great one when you call it the optionless state. Yeah, it is. Really a great one. This is just a feeling. What happens is there's a traveling, and then through traveling, you in, there's intimations around it. I don't know what the hell it is. You can't know it. So you just get intimations of it, and then you attempt to share it as an invitation. So whatever that is, that mystery, indescribable thing, 
right? Then you go, oh, oh, and then you get a flavor for it, and then it'll just, you know, it'll become so, it's so obvious after a while. And when it's, you know, you just, there was never a you that could have ever blocked it off. This, this never really happened. Seriously, it really doesn't. The sense, the sense of this place as not really happening is a pretty damn valid sense. Your mind doesn't want to make sense of that, but that's a sense I, when things occur, it's the real deep sense is nothing ever happened to you. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I think that, then this didn't that, happen. It's kind of good as a discovery, you know, but I don't know if someone else saying that really is very effective. Well, I don't know either. But who knows what's effective or not? That's a dilemma you may run into. See, like you uh, know what's when effective. You said, no, if things are effective, is somehow you put things in a different light, you know, in a different wording. In the optional estate. I mean, I used to hold that always as like, wouldn't it be nice? If, and we used to call it embracing and stuff, you know. And whatever is is really should be embraced as if it was a, it's a doing. Totally, you know, how can I embrace it? But nobody ever said it was optional estate. But somehow I'm able to blank it out or ignore it or claim it or, you know, but I mean, uh, just stay, I'll just prefer to stay with what's not happening. That's all. You know, and then just somehow give it away that, you know, well, it could be happening. That's important to me. It could be. Could be was important to me before. Somehow that was, and that's the whole justification for the whole mechanism. Well, could be is an aspect of hope, you know. Could be is very vast. <laughs> it could be. Hope is something that's offered here as a as a, one of the substitutes for not sensing it. Yeah, you hope you'll sense it. You have to realize when you're relying on self, look at some of its typical maneuvers, which is excuses, yeah, rationalizations, blame. All those are really attempts of the system to cover up its bogusness. It can't deliver the goods. So just said, don't look here. Or blame someone for not the, the delivery was the delivery was cancelled because you, yeah? So if you call the factory and say, you know, I ordered that happiness, joyousness, and freedom. You told me after I got out of college it would be arriving, you know, when I had my third kid and got the picket fence. I wanna is it can I get a tracking number for that happy? Oh, I don't know. We may have lost it in the factory. Uh, when can it be delivered? Uh, can I have it now? No, no, I'm sorry. We never deliver now. It's always later, based on what we think you did or didn't do, or what we did or didn't do. Okay, well, um, uh, I'd like to have it now. No, 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 no. That's but impossible. It definitely is coming. Definitely. But it is coming. Definitely. Hold definitely. off, definitely. yes. It is po- and it's going to be great. It's yeah, really going to yeah. be great. It's actually the new model. It's a fortunate thing. It's going to be, and we're going to give you the newest model. Yeah, because, because of the delay, just because exactly. you withstood the delay and are not complaining. Just so get don't get out, model. don't get off the hamster cage, it's coming. You're going to get that special seed. It's going to make all the other seeds bearable. All the ones that, this is going to be really good. That's it, see? Why? Because it can't deliver the goods. It's, this is all based on advertising. When you find something that's really got some value, it's because it translates now. I don't want to be promised that if I do this and do that, I'll feel really good later. I want to recognize it's okay not to feel good or to feel good now. The optional estate. There is no later. Toss the later. I've just become not interested. There's no tossing. Well, you'll lose interest because how can you have that much interest in what's not happening? <laughs> really? 
you've got to believe it's happening to have interest, or that it will happen, or that it could happen, or that maybe will happen. That's what ha- holds you off. See, f- something that's not happening, for it to keep continuing to seem to be happening, it has to have a lot of fucking tricks. So the evidence is it's not happening, but you're hoping it will happen. <laughs> you really, your whole life is hinged on it happening later. you really got a lot of meaning on it. So it's like <laughs> blowing up the balloon, and the yeah, blue just bigger, keeps... Yeah. The air just keeps going out of it. You know what I mean? Because it's not happening. (laughs) Shit. Isn't that direct and quick? Did it take any time to realize something's not happening? It doesn't take any time whatsoever. Once you catch it, you know, it's right there. It's not happening. What happens when you recognize it's not happening? That's happening. The recognition of it not happening is happening. What's not happening is also happening, but when you're absorbed in it, you don't know it's happening. Yeah? You don't know it's just part of a happening. You think it's what's happening. Yeah? It's one aspect of millions of things that are happening, but it becomes the one where all your attention and interest go, which blocks you off from the conscious traveling of knowing what's happening. Yeah? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yeah? Now you know what's not happening by thinking. How else could you know it? It's not there. You can't travel there. You can't airlift yourself there. You can't bring anything solid back from next Friday, can you, Hugh? Except anxiety. You can't bring anything back. Can you bring anything back from what's happened? Can you go back to, like, uh, Augusta and break me that ball you made on the fifth hole? Can you bring that back? Would that capture that moment? No. It's all bye-bye. Everything is bye-bye. So you can never bring anything back from what's not happening. You, you can bring back an effect now because you believe it, but it's sort of like the great masters. They can conjure up something and make something out of thin air. You're a great master. Your mind is making up something out of thin air. It's, it's making up anxiety out of what's not happening. What an incredible miracle worker you are. <laughs> Literally. They can, you know, we talk about they raise Lazarus. You're raising what's not happening every day. I mean, Jesus, at least Lazarus at one time was happening, then he died, and then he was raised by Jesus. You're raising what's never happened. Every day. I mean, you're way past. He says, you know, you'll do greater works than I have. Hey, you're doing much greater works than Jesus ever did. You're raising up what never even happened. That'd be happening again. Day in and day out. Jesus, you're the miracle worker. (laughs) It doesn't say they all have to be good miracles. That's it soon, eh? That's it soon. Yeah, yeah. This energy is, you know... You can just feel when the loaf is baked, right? Usually, usually, you know, I have to stay in the kitchen a while later, but I can tell when it's baked, but usually I'm sort of... There's still people in the restaurants. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta keep the, the kitchen snow, open. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so I have to keep the kitchen open a little bit. Right. It's not me at all. It's just what... I recognize some of its effects on the body over time. Yeah. I used to always like it when you would talk about, well, you didn't have to talk about it, it's just events, but events happen and deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah, that was from a Ramesh Balsakar book that talked about 
something supposedly Buddha said, but who knows. But it's a nice way of saying events happen, deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. See, some people think if there's no individual doer thereof, then nothing's happening here. There was never an individual doer. It's not like there was one and now there isn't one. There was never an individual doer. So there's no risk. There's never a, there's never, there was never a self that now becomes a non-self. There are two concepts, dualistic concepts, self and non-self, both being entertained by mind. You're neither of them. You are not a self, nor are you a non-self. There's something prior to that. Yeah. The idea of entertaining this for a long time, seemingly self, and then entertaining your non-self will negate the two, but there isn't a realm called non-self. It's just the absence of self. And then there's something or no thing that you don't want to talk about because it doesn't need to. You'll be living from it because you have been living from it. Yeah. You're not living from non-self. That's just a concept to sort of contradict the one called self. So self, non-self. In reality, there's no self or non-self. Yeah. That's the optionless state. Self, non-self wouldn't be optionless state. It would be a, there's a state called self, and now I'm in non-self. No, optionless state is there's no self nor non-self. There's no either or. It sounds weird, but by seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, it's validating the emptiness of this place. This is absence. Like some people remember DC Comics, Superman, he had a thing called Bizarro World where everything was the opposite of this place, like Tom was sharing today. In a sense, we're thinking this is so real and then that's unreal. That's real and this is unreal. <laughs> so by seeing, by really sensing the presence of this, it's verifying its absence, you see? By sensing it. And that's a direct hit. Perceptually, you're seeing things, aren't you? The mind, the mental process is using that to convince you that this is real, but in fact, if you see it a different way, it convinces, in a sense, not you, but there's a convincing that it's unreal by its appearance. Because what's real does not appear, because anything appears disappears, and nothing that's real appear and disappear. They're real. They're not in that game of appearing and disappearing. <laughs> So if something can be seen, felt, heard, it's actually t screaming at you, I'm not that. But because you're identified as not that, you think you are. And therefore you give this a meaning, it is. Therefore it is, therefore I am. No, you're not. That's a very timeless hit. You're just like, ding. So all the day you're feeling it's you is actually, it's like the scripture written backwards. You don't see it, yeah? You're thinking, oh, I've got to deny this presence or this and that. No, affirm it totally by its total affirmation. I see it. I see Richard. Therefore, I'm not. I'm not what, <laughs> see? I'm not what can be perceived. What perceives does not, cannot be perceived. Perception? Yes. I'm not that. I'm not that. 
all day, in the seeing of everything, it's screaming out its unauthenticity. But when we believe we're a dream object, we have to be afraid of that dream tiger. And you will, no matter how much you study about not to be afraid of a dream tiger, if you're a dream object, you're going to be afraid of that dream tiger. The solution is you realize it's not, you know, it's a dream, and you're out. What you do, you realize this is a dream, and there's no fear of the dream tiger. The apparatus will have fear of the dream tiger, but I'm not that. Yes. I'm conscious of the apparatus, and I'm conscious of its fear of that dream tiger, but I'm not the one who has fear of the dream tiger. And then it's just another event in the experiential realm, millions of them, all day, that there's a seeing of. But I never become the experiencer of it. Even if my head totally becomes the experiencer of it, I'm not that. The optionless state is optionlessness. No, Consciousness is all there is. You ever hear that statement? What does it sound like it means? Consciousness is all there is. All there is is that. Where else is there not... Where is there... How can you ship something else that it isn't in? All there is is consciousness. No, I'm going to ask. I thought I said I wanted to stop. Man. No, no, I'm going to ask one more thing. Now I've got to ask something. You know, cause, uh, when you say uh, what can be perceived cannot perceive. No, Hawaiian Post said that. I wish I did. I'd like yeah, it. Okay. But, you know, somebody might jump on and says that sounds like a deduction. So what? So then is a deduction powerful enough to really know that? Is it in a deduction? It's not a deduction, right? Deduction means like, okay... Well, first of all, what is ever said is being received subjectively. So what, what doesn't work for one person may work for another. Yeah, But I don't even know what a deduction is. What is it? just means like, okay, uh, because... Uh, Did I really do a deduction? Oh, <laughs> if you accept that a perceiver can't... What's perceived can't be a uh, perceiver, then it makes sense that anything that I can perceive is not me. That's a, that's a mental construct, in a way, a deduction. I'm yeah. deducing that from because I'm accepting the obviousness of the, of the first statement. Then but the mental... extends to all these things that I perceive as... Exactly. So, but the mental is. deduction, whatever, just short-circuits the me me mental process. It's not the solution. It short-circuits the mental process, hopefully, and then the solution is obvious. In other words, in a way, the deduction is an overlay of, of a truth that's there. No, deduction is like throwing a wrench in the works of the mental process, yeah? So you can throw a wrench in it, the selfing gets startled, and there's a free sample. That pause. The pause of the selfing reveals something. Nothing, actually. And because you're conscious, you can be conscious of it when it's revealed, but not as you. Yeah? Once it, if you become conscious of it as you, it becomes an experience that you had. That's not it. becomes a co an experience you had. That's not it. That's how the mental process neuters it. All of well, it. That's not it. That's not even what it was. It was just, in other words, new, being neutered. It's uh, uh, it's not really an experience. Okay, you should call it a free sample, or it's just a whole, or it's, a, it's an obviousness. Yeah, but not to you. Because free sample also is like, uh, isn't that like what meditation is supposed to be and all that? To give a free well, sample? Well, is it for you? That's not what I mean by it. 
But see, the point you know, people is, try to give a free sample. The point so, is, it isn't really the words. You know, a lot of free like samples that. will somehow add up to something, but you know, that's yeah, it does. It adds up to something for sure. Won't be done, but I mean, somehow it creates an opening, or I don't know what. There's a free sample. I suppose before there's a free sample. I mean, life was always in one way, you know, and then there's a free sample, and you can say, whoa. This kind of breaks it, but doesn't really throw me over there. But I mean, there is no over there. Well, then you're still speaking as if there's a me that can be thrown right, over there. Right, and that's all that. If the free sample is really free a free sample, who, in other words. there's a sense there isn't a me that could be thrown over anywhere. That's a, mis a misinterpretation of a free sample. A free sample to me. So that's what the where, where it goes awry. Yes, you claim it. That's the one who had the free sample. Exactly. Right. So that's not what the free sample. That's means. how the selfing free sample just means a crash. Morphs around the uh, sample. It says, "I got it. <laughs> I got the free sample." So the free sample isn't something that you get. A free sample is when you collapse. Yeah. Well, done. It's not you collapse. Let's say the the projection of it stops, because for it would have to be something to collapse. It's yeah. not. It's a projection. It's like a. It's like a falsehood being projected by life. Fuse blows or something. Yeah, and so there's a there's a pause and there's a sense of its absence. Yeah, and I would say that's the present. Yeah, that's that's really a good thing to say. I think I'm glad I said that because I think I think that's easy way for someone to jump on the free sample and say, oh, I've been doing that all my life. But what they've been doing is trying to get a free sample. Well, how could they not be if they're thinking they're doing it? Yeah, exactly. If, if there's a belief you're doing it, you're trying to get something. That's it. <laughs> see, I'm not worried about, I don't want to get something or I should get something. Just see who's the doer of it. If you're not you, then you get relieved of that whole system of doing and having, doing and getting, doing and not getting. Because you can't get what you are. It's impossible, obviously. Yeah. And you also can't really capture a verb. If you capture a verb, it usually dies, yeah? Let's say if you have a bird, is it really a bird when it can't fly? In a sense, a large aspect of birdness is flying, yeah? So you capture it, and it's now not flying, but you still call it a bird. But to me, people are calling, they're saying they're living, but if you look at it, are they living? Is living an interpretation a real, clear understanding of living? I don't believe so. I just don't. Because there's something lacking in an interpretation, which makes all the living worthwhile, the beingness of it. It's always a been or was, will be, but it's never the being. Yeah? I don't want a past tense verb or a future tense verb. It doesn't interest me. Because those are made up by nouns, yeah? The present verb. I sense the verbness, let's say. That's it. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it doesn't mean. I don't really care. The sense is like um, overpowering. And because there's consciousness of it, the consciousness... Consciousness gets cleared by that intimation. It still stays muddy if you think you're conscious of it. But 
the consciousness as consciousness, not, you know, the consciousness of that sense of intimacy clears the consciousness in a sense. It makes it clear, you know, like reflects blue and blue, blue to blue, red to red, things get obvious. Yeah? Blue doesn't get turned into red. Red doesn't get turned into green. It's just clear. Because, but as soon as I'm conscious as this, this this is a disturbance in that clarity already. Because it entertains the possibility it can be unconscious or conscious. It enters, a, it, it introduces a, an option to an optionless state. And then you become the harbinger or the god of that activity, yeah? your mind. Because it tells, it's the one who says, I'm close or far or connected or disconnected. Maybe you get an authority for a little while who tells you you're connected. And as long as you're hearing him or her, you do. And then you leave and you don't feel you're connected, even though the master of all masters has told you you're connected. So you still play God. The mind still plays God. This is an optionless state. There's no you that recognizes it. There's just a traveling that way. When does it begin? I don't know. When does it end? I don't know. But I know that it's never began or end because the sense of what I was living as never happened. So that sense that something never happened, that seemed to be happened, must be coming from what's always happening. Because the only thing that could really reveal that this isn't happening is what's always happening. Yeah? You used to refer to that as an onness. Like, yeah. You're just on, you would say, like in, like a computer. When you wake up in the morning, you wake up and you're just on. That's the consciousness. Just on. Yeah. So always happening can identify what's not happening. You, as what's not happening, cannot identify what's not happening. That's why you think it's happening. And if you think it's happening, you's giving it a lot of meaning. And you's are going to have to play out that little pantomime of being at the effect of all the meaning you're giving to what's not happening. As what's not happening. And you're going to try to make the best of the dance, but it's going to, you know, it's like dancing with a gorilla. You're not going to stop till it wants to stop. And you have to pray for it. Please, please have pity on me, oh great gorilla. Please, let me get a parking space at the next meeting. Please, please, constantly. So in the winning there, it's losing. Because there's winning and losing. Winning, if it's combined with winning and losing, is losing, in a sense. Optionless state is freedom. Choice is not freedom. You're bound by the rules of choice, which is what's always so cannot seem to be so. And it's based on you. That's way too much playing God. The recognition of an optionless state is true freedom, because there's nothing you can do. You think freedom is you doing, but real the real freedom is there's nothing you can do. That's the real freedom. This freedom, they're calling freedom here, I'm a, like a motorcycle driver, I'm into freedom, I get the road. That's another form of bondage. Freedom is there's no choice. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me here. And, uh, I think we said some really great things, and we gotta we'll let people take another look at it. So, thanks. Uh, Thank you very much, everybody. Here, okay. appreciate having me. Have a great May. I guess we'll be around. <laughs> Tom. If, if it's at all of any help, you know, just entertain it. There's tons of talks. You can download them. Check them out. See if it resonates with you. Just entertain it. Wear it loosely now. There's no nugget in there. You going or are you going to... We'll be up. There's no nugget in there. It will just... It's in the entertaining. Thanks. Your own little... Hey, you're welcome. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much.